0: Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org.
1: Good morning. It's 8.30. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, we will keep you apprised of severe weather currently affecting south-central Mississippi. Find out how a series of summer meetings are informing the state's current budgeting process. Plus, smoking costs Mississippians more than any many other states and will have some advice for those looking to quit.
2: I remember when I used to smoke, simply crushing that pack and throwing it away and saying, OK, that's it. But that's not a plan. That's frustration. That's an intention. But it's not, what am I going to do if this happens? And what am I going to do if that happens?
1: And spend a year in Mississippi with this week's book club. That's all coming up. Lawmakers are spending this legislative session taking a close look at the budgeting process. A series of hearings over the summer were designed to give legislators the chance to examine how state agencies could spend tax dollars more efficiently. Those hearings have led to a number of discussions this session about possible efficiencies. Those include a possible year-long halt to state vehicle purchases and re-examining how agencies pay rent to the Department of Finance and Administration. Senator Buck Clark runs the budgeting process on the Senate Side of the legislature, the Hollandale Republican tells MPB's Desiree Fraser about how spending may look different this year.
0: Really, the the uh, I think there's a car moratorium bill that uh, uh, Chairman Reed mentioned that I think they dropped one or filed a bill that deals with nobody, no agency buying new cars for a year, except for maybe the Highway Patrol and maybe and, and some other emergency vehicles. Just you know, let's let's all put some more miles on our vehicles. Um, as far as a lot of the other things uh, that deal with the expenses that we looked at, like travel and uh, which would seem to be the main one, and he, he mentioned that some of the exorbitant travel expenses that we saw in a couple of agencies and some other contractual things we 'll deal with those in each of their individual appropriation bills is how we 'll deal with that there won 't be just one bill to say how you know travel will be done it'll it 'll be you know. Uh Person by person, or agency by agency,
3: what do you anticipate in terms of funding for agencies? We've had that uh, fifty one million dollar budget cut and another four million from the rainy day fund. Can you tell us anything?
0: Well, l- let me say it like this uh, I w- just just talking to someone a little while ago uh, and revenues are flat right now, in other words, the pie is essentially the same or slightly slightly larger. Than what last year's was, and uh, but last year you know if you say if, if there's any problem when you mention the cut, well why did you have to cut well revenues aren 't coming in with what was appropriated, what was projected in other words, there was projections were higher, and uh, on our side, we're told by the revenue estimating committee here 's how much money you have you, that's going to come in next year, and it 's just an estimate um, so that really leads to the prudent thing to do is to is to follow the 98% rule of only appropriating 98% of what you think you're going to take in now the critics of that will say well you're just trying to squirrel money away into the rainy day fund and by gosh it's always a rainy day in mississippi and we need those funds for so many important things the other side of that is well it is just a projection and Lo and behold, it's not any fun to have appropriated 100% of those revenues or most of it and then having to go cut someone mid-year when they were anticipating receiving that money. And so it's, it's kind of protecting yourself if we just, let's be safe, let's just appropriate 98%.
3: So as you move through this session, what are going to be your priorities?
0: As appropriations chairman, I really get to say... That my priority is the budget, you know now all my other chairmen and members say, "Well, you know education is going to be their number one priority and and I get to point out to them said you know we 've got a we 've got a billion dollars we spend on Medicaid, so do you want to ignore that? poor people having medical care well, of course not I, said, well, if I have to remind everyone I said, you know and, and not only that, we have Department of Rehabilitation, we have the Department of Health that has to do their function. uh We have Department of Mental Health and all the the services they provide. So it, it's hard for me to have one slam dunk priority. Uh, you know, universities and colleges need funding. We uh, I, I have we have to look at the budget as a whole and just do the absolute best we can allocating the resource. Isn't every year you say, wish I'd done a little more here, wish we could have done a little more there, but. We just, just do the best we can.
1: Senate Appropriations Chair Buck Clark. Senator Robert Jackson is a Democrat from Marks in North Mississippi's Quitman County. He is a member of the Senate Appropriations Committee. He agrees the state needs to spend its money more efficiently, but he says it's important to make sure agencies have enough funding to perform at a high level.
4: I've been a part of uh, appropriations in the Senate for this past uh, uh, term. And uh, it's a new process for me. I was, was in finance, so I'm learning about appropriations and how we uh, fund state agencies. And so it's a real uh, eye-opener for me to learn, um, you know, what the our chairman has just talked about in terms of uh, these special funds and uh, money being passed around from agency to agency.
3: Do you agree with the process that they're using?
4: Uh, yes, I do. Uh, it, it helps simplify uh you know the budgets per agency uh however uh you know we're I, I think we're not funding state agencies at the level that we need to
3: looking at travel contracts and uh, there was another one automobiles i believe right. a good way to go for a first start
4: yeah i think so um you know the, the state government uh, uh has a lot of automobiles and and uh You know, we need to keep a rein on that somehow. Uh, uh, It's just a lot of expenses I think that we could look at. uh, The the state legislature had to cut its own travel budget, so why not state agencies do the same?
3: And in that regard, the money that is saved from that, what about using that to fund agencies that you say are underfunded?
4: That makes a lot of sense. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, Use that savings to fund agencies that need it, like the Highway Patrol. You know, that's very... Uh, low in terms of the number of people they have out on, on the highway.
3: Anything that I didn't ask you that's important about what you heard this morning, your perspective?
4: Well, my perspective is that uh, we need to, you know, grow the state budget. Uh, uh, we did a lot of cuts last year uh, for, uh, you know, uh, for big business. And uh, somehow I think that, that those savings the big business will incur uh, will be find themselves on the backs of the working class. And uh, I'm just so I'm looking out for that to make sure that we don't put any burden on working families that that, uh, we don't need to.
1: Democratic Senator Robert Jackson. We also heard from Republican Senator Buck Clark. Smoking costs Mississippians more per capita than it does in other states. We'll have some advice on kicking the habit next. This is Mississippi edition on MPB Think Radio. The following is a severe weather alert from MPB Radio.
5: And we've been watching we've been watching a tornado move its way uh, across uh, part of Mississippi here and in fact there is a tornado war- warning that remains in effect until 8:45 another about 7 minutes for northeastern Smith County a tornado warning for northeastern Smith County. That tornado is radar confirmed. It is a damaging tornado. Flying debris will be dangerous to those caught without shelter. Mobile homes will be damaged or destroyed. Damage to roofs, windows, vehicles could occur. Tree damage is likely and the tornado will be near Pineville around 845. So once again, a confirmed a radar confirmed tornado warning remains in effect until 845 for northeastern Smith County. This is Think Radio.
1: The proceeding has been a severe weather alert from MPB Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. As any smoker can tell you, the habit is an expensive one. A new report from the consumer finance blog Wallet Hub says Mississippi is in the top 10 in out-of-pocket costs per smoker, health care costs per smoker, and income loss per smoker. But as any smoker can also tell you, quitting isn't as easy as it sounds. Dr. Thomas Payne runs a smoking cessation clinic. It's called the Mississippi Act Center. He talks to us about how to break the habit for good.
2: The average person now who tries to quit smoking on their own, take a guess. How many times do you think they try before they're actually successful long term?
1: If they've been smoking for a while? Yes. Five times?
2: The average is closer to 20. Oh, my. Yes. So this is not easy. And I think a lot of it is missteps early on. Like I remember when I used to smoke, simply crushing that pack and throwing it away and saying, "Okay, that's it. But that's not a plan. That's frustration. That's an intention. But it's not, what am I going to do if this happens? And what am I going to do if that happens? So what I would say to, to folks who are interested is that I would put first make sure that I have in place, well, why is it that I want to quit? What is it that is personally relevant to me that makes me feel like this would be a good change for me? Everybody knows the health statistics. I mean, you heard heart disease and cancer. But what will it give you? Why are you concerned? So get that firm in your in your head because when the rough times come, and there will be rough times, you need to remember why this is important.
1: Is there any um, advantage to writing that down and sure. looking at it?
2: Absolutely. Keep it keep it with you. Some, people, some of our patients put it on little cards and keep it in their wallet so they can remind themselves. All of that is fine. But yes, there has to be a personally relevant thing. The second thing is to pick a plan, set a quit date, and then plan how you're going to get to that point. We are big advocates of a reduction strategy where you say well i 'm smoking a pack a day in this first week i 'm going to cut down five cigarettes, then another five, um, but how are you going to do that? Where will those cigarettes come from? You know Target the easy ones first so you can have some success with that because that bolsters our confidence when we, when we do that, and then over time it gets it gets better and you get more confident and you can get there. Uh, typically, when a person reaches five to ten cigarettes a day it 's time to set it, you know to acknowledge that quit date and go for it. And then the other thing I would say for most patients is that it is really, really important to consider the use of medications along with it, whether it's over-the-counter or something you get from your doctor.
1: Which leads to my next question. Okay. What can someone expect? How can they expect to feel? And, and what are some of the tough symptoms of not smoking?
2: There are a variety of well-documented withdrawal symptoms. Uh, they include uh, certainly craving uh, for tobacco, uh, fatigue, fatigue. Concentration problems—not severe, but enough to be annoying. Uh, you know, we have people who have sleep problems. Uh, certainly, appetite increases. So, but but yes, there there are a variety of these types of symptoms that that is very predictable for people to experience, and all of the medications reduce the intensity of those from at least moderately to, for some people, almost completely.
1: I quit smoking many, many years ago before there were those kinds of medications. And I found that the first two weeks after I quit were almost unbearable. And once I got past the two weeks... I have never smoked a cigarette since or even taken a puff off a cigarette. That's terrific. So what happens in those two weeks? Or for me, what happened in those two weeks?
2: You know, nic- nicotine is a very powerful agent. There's, a, there's a, a, a quality that we look at called half-life. In other words, how long it sticks around in your body. For nicotine, it's very short. It's only 90 minutes. For, and, and so within about five or six hours, you're pretty much it's, – it's, it's vacated. And so you're craving – Uh, tobacco. And that's why people dose about every 45 minutes to an hour as a way to keep their levels normal. But what people don't realize is that when nicotine breaks down, it breaks down into a substance called cotinine. Cotinine takes about a week to 10 days to completely be vanquished out of your system. And so its presence is probably associated with some of those stronger feelings that you have over those first couple of weeks. And, you know, Karen, you're exactly right. 50% of all relapses that occur happen within the first two weeks. And then they start to drop down dramatically after that. Essentially, if you get to three to six months out without smoking, I'm not saying relapses don't occur, but they're far, far less likely at that point.
1: In in order to get those medications that will help you substantially, it sounds like, to quit smoking, you need to see your physician?
2: Well, there are over-the-counter and then there are the prescription medications. So the -the over-the-counter ones at this point are the nicotine patch, the nicotine gum, and the nicotine lozenge. Uh, they have all been subject of many, many clinical trials, have great efficacy associated with them. People use them effectively every single day. We use them at the ACT Center. They are, they are very good. The other ones, there are two forms of nicotine replacement. There's a nicotine nasal spray and a nicotrol inhaler. And then we have Chantix and Zyban. All of those are by prescription. The prescription nicotine replacements work about as well as the over-the-counter. It's just... How do you like to use? You know, if you like something to suck on in your mouth, then the inhaler is a good option for you. If you don't want to think about this and you just want to slap a patch on once a day, then that's a good option for you. So, so that's, it's a little bit about personal preference there as well.
1: What does the ACT Center offer the person who wants to quit smoking?
2: The ACT Center, and we have um, – there are currently nine of them around the state. And on our website, which is acttoquit.org, A-C-T, the number two, Q-U-I-T.org. Uh, We offer an evidence-based approach uh, for people to quit, which includes uh, customized use of uh, medications and support from uh, uh, one or more of our very talented counselors who have been doing this uh, work for a long time. Right now, everything is free, medications and the treatment services. I don't know how long that will be for, but as of right now, it is still free. And and we have a very solid, good, long-term quit rate for individuals um, uh, and, and would strongly recommend that, folks, especially if you've tried on your own and you haven't been successful, let a professional give it a try. The other option you have is certainly the quit line the Mississippi Tobacco Quit Line. Um, all of those counselors are well-trained uh, as well and offer quality services. So both of those options are far better than, probably, than anything else that you might just come up with on your own kind
1: of thing. Dr. Thomas Payne heads the ACT Center for Tobacco Treatment, Education, and Research. Thank you so much, Dr. Payne.
2: You're very welcome.
1: We'll spend a year in Mississippi in this week's book club that's coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The following is a severe weather alert from MPB Radio.
5: And as promised, uh, more updates on the weather here as a tornado warning uh, is uh, still in effect in Smith County, as we told you before. But also a tornado warning in uh, Mississippi is in effect for southeastern Scott County. Uh, the latest update is that uh, at 841, a severe thunderstorm capable of producing a tornado was located near Burns. That's 14 miles south of Forest, moving northeast at 25 miles Per hour. It is a radar indicated uh, tornado, could be dangerous, so take cover if you are in that area. Once again, a tornado warning is in effect until 9 30 this morning for Scott County in central Mississippi and Smith County in central Mississippi. This is Think Radio.
1: The proceeding has been a severe weather alert from MPB Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. A new collection of essays features Mississippi writers from many walks of life. It's called A Year in Mississippi, and its authors write about our state from the perspective of each season, winter, spring, summer, and fall. Judy H. Tucker, one of the collection's editors, joins us in this week's book club.
6: Well, the hook is what there is to do and celebrate about Mississippi This includes our cultural activities, our church activities, our school loyalties, our community fairs, everything that we do that is an extra part of our existence.
1: Forty essays covering four seasons, and there are ten per season. Mm -hmm. Tell me, are these essays that were previously written and they were collected for the book, or are some of them written for the book?
6: Uh, Some of them were written specifically for the book, and others we excerpted from material already published.
1: Tell us about some of the essays.
6: One of my favorites, because it's exotic, is the fox hunt in Canton, Mississippi. They bring out their finest horses. They dress for an English fox hunt. They uh, prepare the hunt breakfast. They blow their horns, they dress in their vestments, their red coats, their black boots, and they ride away chasing the fox. And they do this all morning, and then they come home to a grand breakfast.
1: That still happens? Yes, it does. Who wrote that essay?
6: That was Janice Clemens, and the name of the club is the Chula Homa Hunt Club in Madison County.
1: Tell us about some of the more notable writers that we may have heard of.
6: One of my very favorite, and one of my favorite essays, is Willie Morris. I had this particular thing about Friday night football in small towns, the thing that brings a town together— and especially after integration, where the blacks and the whites were playing together, making a team. They were a team, and the people from all walks of life who came to those public schools and cheered for their team. And Willie Morris was, at that time, he was tracking a young athlete from Philadelphia, Mississippi, named Marcus Dupree. He ended up writing a best-selling book. about. It's called The Courtship of Marcus Dupree. And the material that I chose to excerpt was Willie going for the first time to the stadium in Philadelphia, Mississippi, and watching Marcus Dupree play. The hoopla and how everybody was yelling for Marcus. I mean, the whole town was... Excited about this player because he was
1: so fantastic. And looking through the the titles, you know, I see a lot of areas represented. The Battle for the Golden Egg, we know what that's about. Mm -hmm. Christmas in the Past, Mm -hmm. The Blessings Mm -hmm. of the Fleet. I mean, these are events that really do take hold in Mississippi or are really embraced by Mississippians. Is this book for tourists, or is it for Mississippians sort of realizing, here's what we have in our state?
6: Well, of course it's for boats. I think it will primarily sell to Mississippians. It's not so much for a tourist. It really is for people who involve themselves in these activities. One example is Sid Salter's essay about the Neshoba County Fair. Now, the Neshoba County Fair, as you perhaps know, is unique to Mississippi. It began way back in the 1800s when it was an agricultural fair, and people bought their best pumpkins and their best squash and showed them off at the fair, and they talked about agricultural endeavors and so forth and so on. But it became a house party, a two-week house party where they had grandiose political speakers. It became oversized, and and it became famous. National Geographic did a story about the Shelby County Fair, but Sid Salter had roots all the way back, and Sid was a perfect person to write about it, and he did it in a wonderful fashion.
1: Well, that's just one of 40 essays for four Mm -hmm. seasons, 10 per season in the book A Year in Mississippi. It is edited by Charlene R. McCord and who we've been speaking to, Judy H. Tucker. Judy, thank you very much. Well, I appreciate you calling. Before we leave you, Ezra Wall has the latest on severe weather in the state. Ezra?
5: Still, the tornado warning remains in effect for 9:30 uh, until 9.30 this morning for Scott County in central Mississippi and northwestern Smith County in central Mississippi. At 8.41, a severe thunderstorm capable of producing a tornado was located near Burns. That's 14 miles south of Forest, moving northeast at 25 miles per hour. So, again, a tornado warning remains in effect for Scott County and for Smith County until 9.30 this morning. Other warnings in effect uh, for Mississippi, the other ones that we usually tell you about are those flash flood warnings. And there are flash flood warnings. Uh, let's see. A flash flood warning uh, remains in effect until 10.15 for Franklin County and for Lincoln County and for southwestern Jefferson County. So uh, the, those the uh, 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 all in effect until 1015 flash flood warnings there so we'll definitely keep you apprised throughout the morning and throughout the day as uh, as uh, the weather continues to move through the state
1: Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for local Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9, it's Creature Comforts, then at 10, MPB Season Pass. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. If you missed part of the show today, you can listen to past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB Public Media app in any mobile store. Join us tomorrow on MPB Think Radio. It's Marketplace Tech for January 19th. I'm Mark Garrison in for Ben Johnson in New York. Hundreds of thousands of Americans are headed to Washington for the inauguration of President Trump. to.